Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. My book. About the apocalypse. No idea. All right. How's it going, everybody? It's going. You can't hear it? Huh? I did it. Oh, you did it? Is that why you look like that? Oh, my God. She did it. That's why. Sit at your face. You don't have to do anymore. Just sit. Anyway, no, no, just sit. Thank you. Just needed a little volume. <laughs> she did the hash. You could see it in her face. I think that's the best part of doing a bong hit with Silver Sister. how pretty this is. Got to look at that under the light. Got to look under the, actually, take it outside and look at it. It's actually literal purple weed. What? Yeah, that's magical. Isn't that great? Does it smell good? It's called purple lemonade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, let me see. And we've got a flashlight on it. Let's open up the lid and look, because then you can see all the purple leaves. And the, oh, wow. Holy crap, that's shiny. I put my readers on. That was the best moment ever when I got my readers because my friends, you know how your friends are. We love our friends. And they're always, you know, mostly always kind to us and mostly tell us the truth. And uh, they kept saying, God, your weed's so pretty. Your weed's so pretty. And I was like, whatever. And, you know, because it smoked good. But I didn't know that I needed readers. And then one day when I got my readers, I looked at my weed and I was like, holy crap, my weed's so pretty. It was so shiny and so sparkly, and if you don't know, if you don't have readers, if you don't need them, you don't know them, but oh my God, that was probably one of the best moments of my life, other than when I first got my contact lenses when I was like, I was like 12 or 14, and I remember we had this courtyard full of little round rocks, and they were like mostly white, but little different colors, and I came home, and I just, I looked down at the rocks, and I was like, oh, they're individual rocks. 
I didn't know. Everything was just a mesh of mess. I could see the, you know, when kids actually read the analog clocks in school. Now it's all digital. Um, I could see things, and I was just, I could see the different leaves and the lines of the leaves, and I was just so amazed. So anyway, if you need to get some readers, get some readers and come look at my weed. Pretty good. How is everybody today? We are hoping that we stay on show because, you know, it's just the way it goes. Let's give a super shout-out to Tumbleweeds Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. Um, six days a week, Monday through Saturday, Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 10 to 3. You can get certified for $2.99. We offer telemedicine. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, if you want to know, if you want to know all the information, go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. Check out the certification section, and um, you can find out how to get a medical marijuana card in Tucson, Arizona, and the world at large, because we'll certify you from anywhere in Arizona now. Uh, what can, what conditions qualify you for your medical cannabis card? That would be PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, which runs the gamut to dementia, uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And you're also eligible for a medical marijuana card. If you're being treated for something that's causing anything on the list, you can get your card for that. So it doesn't have to necessarily be on the list. Chronic pain is going to cover most of those conditions, but then you've got the leg cramps and all sorts of spasms and things like that. So you can get certified for most anything in Arizona. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can also um, email thctucson at gmail.com. And also, there's uh, on the website, there's a form at the bottom of most of the pages. I'm not sure why it's not on all the pages, but that's... I'm not the geeky geek I should be after almost 11 years of this. 11. 11, 11, 11, 11. That's going to be a party. Woo-hoo. Um, yeah. So I got a book. Well, let's see here. Now I can't even find what I'm looking for, so I won't even tell you about it until I can find it. So forget it. Forget it. Oh, where'd it go? No, not that one. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that one. All right. Anyway. Let's uh, give a shout-out to Growers House at growershouse.com, 3635 East 34th Street. Go and get um, some growing here because everybody in the state of Arizona can grow now, and that's a great thing. So you don't have to um, be a caregiver. People are uh, confused by that still. And people still think that for some reason you have to pay to be a caregiver, like the $1,500 fee that, we won't mention who was charging that. Yeah, that was lame. 
too. You know, there's no fee. Just go get some girl lights. Um, ask the guys. They'll come help you out. They'll draw you a map. <laughs> They'll get you some, some good goodies. Uh, also, Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals. Profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. Yeah, you can check that out on our website, Um, Also, on the radio section, uh, scroll on down. You can see some of our sponsors there. The Good Leaf at 6224 East Speedway Boulevard. Come get some hemp and CBD from the most beautiful hemp and CBD place in town. Um, uh, and then there's 10 Buds and CB Devious. So check it out. Go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and check it out. All right. Not sure what's going on back there. There's a little kitty fest happening. Um, so, but let's go check out some news. Um, oh, speaking of home grows, um, we've got a home grow in Canada, eh? <laughs> I love the pictures they choose. They've got these pretty little pop plants coming out of tiny little, they look like, um, they look like sm- Smart pots, smart pots, but they're, you know, the cloth pots, but they're tiny. So homegrown in Canada, too much of a good thing? The homegrown convention, oh, conversation just about everywhere is a contentious one. It has been the basis for the information of the entire commercialized cannabis industry everywhere, one way or another. It is also a right that is being defined pretty much globally as one with a constitutional basis as reform begins to seriously roll. Yes, 20 years ago in Canada, at least authorities are wondering again out loud if the entire proposition needs to be re-examined and for reasons stemming from both public safety and the need to curtail the illicit market. (laughs) Well, let's see what they have to say. A brief history of homegrown in Canada. It is not as if this is the first time that hard-won right-to-grow cannabis as a patient has come under the microscope even in Canada. Indeed, the entire formal industry was initiated in 1998 when a gay man living with AIDS challenged the government in court over his right to grow at home. The Ontario Superior Court not only recognized the right of the plaintiff to do so, but further instructed Health Canada to create a legal process to allow for the same. In 2001, after several more legal challenges by patients, the Canadian drug control regulations became only constitutionally valid with the existence of a working federal medicinal program. In 2003, the Ontario Supreme Court upheld the right of patients to have access to a safe legal source of cannabis and again found the federal program unconstitutional for what the court found to be an quote, illusion, quote, of access. By July, with Health Canada announcing that it would accept written requests by federally registered users, Canada became the second country to begin regulating cannabis through a federal program, second only to the United States, which put its own highly limited program in suspension in 1989. 
later that year, the Ontario, uh, the Ontario, that's what I get for wearing overalls today. <laughs> Start talking about my hillbilly self. Later that year, the Ontario Court of Appeals declared five more sections of the Marijuana Medical Access Regulations, MMAR, unconstitutional, including restrictions on production necessary for compassion clubs to operate. By 2013, the legal construct created the opportunity for the first cannabis industry participants to buy patient collectives as they created a corporate presence and then began to raise money on the Toronto Stock Exchange. These entities, known as licensed producers, or LPs, have since become some of the best-known cannabis companies in the world. In 2016, the first legal clash between the LPs and patient collectives ended in a victory for Canadian patients, namely that the right of homegrown Canada was challenged in court. Patients, at least in Canada, won the day. That said, the same could not be said of Germany. Indeed, the same month that Canadian patients successfully defined their right to grow, the first legal shipment of Canadian cannabis showed up in Germany. And in Germany, the right of home grow was indeed taken away from patients just over nine months later in 2017 with the passage of the new law mandating health insurance uh, cover the cost of the drug. Oh, that, so far at least, has created a system where some patients can obtain their cannabis with reimbursement, but most still cannot. The current denial rate for patients by health insurers is 40%. Illicit home grow is, in fact, uh, <clears throat> for this reason alone, widespread, uh, even if the authorities are largely overlooking it. And for obvious reasons, Real patients will get off in court, even if this is a challenge and tedious, if not expensive, process. Even more, especially as right next door across European borders, legal home grow also started to show up in several European countries, including Italy and most recently Malta. Um, while the Tau case failed at Strasbourg, there's a class activist, oh, a class of activists who are adept at planting lawsuits with European-level jurisdictions in mind. Strategic lawsuits are a thing in the industry, and that has come directly from the patient community. It has also happened in the industry itself. See, I'm choppy. Should I go back by the door? All right. Am I better now over here? Oh, boy. Technology. Where, what are you going to do with technology? Nothing. Now, let's see if I can find my place here again. Okay. Regardless, the discussion in Canada has uh, turned again, to trying to figure out how to better regulate the program, including not just for the LPs, but for individuals and patient collectives. There are about 430,000 registered cannabis patients in Canada who can obtain their cannabis directly from an LP. Approximately 10% of the same also have the right to grow uh, or obtain their medicine directly from a patient collective if they cannot grow their own. The problem, however, is that the regulatory environment that Health Canada has required is not being met in many cases, starting with insurance. 
or I mean, sorry, starting with insecure, if not downright dangerous grow areas. <laughs> Further, the concern uh, that some of this product is leaking back out to the illicit market, if not children, is back in the room. Uh, rescinding grow rights. The draft legislation now being considered by Health Canada, in fact, as a specific caveat in that the agency can begin refusing or rescinding individual licenses under certain situations. <laughs> this includes for the growers with non-compliant uh, grow areas, those whose medical certifications do not meet requirements for reasons including fraud and the death of a patient. Licenses are not transferable. Well, I would hope that if somebody killed a patient, <laughs> might want to check out their license. Uh, advocates are up in arms. But the question remains, is every cannabis grow a good idea? And further, is every patient, including administratively, of growing cannabis for personal use or for the use of collectives? The reality is that growing cannabis, period, is not an easy thing to do. The other reality, of course, is that even the bigger public and funded companies have several explosions of their own, even not lately, bless you. See, CanTrust in the summer of 2019. Further, there is this fact that despite its unpopularity in the advocacy community, is also common sense. Advocates at the patient level are tolerant of the drug and indeed require far higher doses than recreational patients. The levels in Switzerland for the pending rec trial are actually coming from at least Canadian medical data. But there are other problems looming. Overall, there is a regulatory and legal tension that overhangs the entire conversation everywhere and is far from solved. Part of that is growing cannabis is not just like growing tomatoes. The second is that patients who are by definition individuals with both chronic conditions and commonly dismissed if not labeled as the disabled are usually left out of quote normal working environments and must struggle to make ends meet somehow not to mention obtain their medicine. Growing cannabis for other people's consumption is one way to do this. The problem, of course, is that those who cannot function in a normal work environment are all are also people who often have a hard time meeting the regulatory guidelines for cannabis cultivation, either physically or economically. The fight for now is far from over, but it is clear that, quote, regulating the industry everywhere is still has major issues. Allowing patients to grow their own is an inevitability, but creating an environment where these grows are safe and the industry itself, in the meantime, can offer an affordable alternative, even with this uh, competition, is not an easy thing to do. The conversation about patient home grow, in other words, is continuing. And in the meantime, patients and those who grow in collectives are getting a wake-up call. This is not the, quote, industry quote of yesteryear, even for patients and even in Canada. Interesting. <laughs> no. Well, you know, so... So here's the deal. Growing pot's not hard, but it's not easy. It's something that if you want to do it and you want it to turn out well, you have to have good lighting system. You have to have good conditions. I mean, if you're going to grow out in out there, out Arizona, outdoors, you need a greenhouse with shade. Otherwise, you'll just fry your plant. If you're growing inside, you need the right light, the right oxygen, the right fans, of course, the right music. Duh. And, uh, the right temperature, the right medium, whether it's soil or hydro or fish aponics. Fish aponics are fun. You should try some fish aponics. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody should have the right to grow. That's for sure. If they want to. 
but some just don't have the green thumb, cannabis kid. Don't do it. Forget it. Here. Take that. Take them back. <laughs> you do it. So, uh, yeah. So, a brief history of home grow in Canada, eh? Well, there you go. Well, that you know, they'll get at all our countries, all our states, all our provinces, all our territories, all our non-territories, everyone who's trying to get away from government, everyone who's in government, they're, they're all trying to figure it out. So, um, you know, it's going to take time. Ten years ago, we said, almost 11 years ago now, we said between 10 and 20 years, huh? It's going to take that long. And in 10 years, the government now has nine or 10 patents on the cannabinoids in the plant. And we have 36 plus states that use it medicinally and a ton for recreationally. So that's pretty good progress. Yeah. Isabel, May the 4th be with you, pal. Let you know. There's only 235 days till Christmas. The panic is setting in. I can see it. <laughs> Start shopping now. Start shopping. I say everyone should just go to Disney for Christmas. And be that be your gift. You get $100 in Disney fun money. You've got to get the Disney money, too, when you go. What's that, Silver Sister? Mumbling. What? No, no. No, no. You can get some good fun things in the gift shop for 100 bucks. I happened to go there for my 40th, and they happened to just turn 40. So they had, like, I, got, I still have my Mickey Mouse sweatpants, my plaid ones with the Mickey Mouse with a big 40 on it. <laughs> Those are great. I think because my pants got wet on the log ride or something, right? I actually had to go change into those really quickly to finish walking about the town. <laughs> my sweatshirt and 40 pants. Those are great. They're a little washed and small now. <laughs> Time to go back. All right. Let's see what kind of uh, Arizona news we have here. Did I mention the good leaf? It's 6224 <laughs> East Speedway Boulevard. We're by Bookman. Come get a book. Come get some hemp, some CBD. Go get a coffee and read or do something. <laughs> do something. Go buy some trading cards. Prism. What do we want? <laughs> what do we want? What do we want? I don't know. The shiny ones. Mm. We want the shiny ones. We want autographs. We want jerseys, game-worn jerseys. And so I learned to sign inside the little tape box, please, because you just made my price go down. <clears throat> All right. Arizona news. What's going on in the good old state of Arizona? All right. There we go. AZ gets more tax revenue from marijuana than alcohol and tobacco combined. Check that out. Surprise. Not. <laughs> All right. Arizona generated more tax revenue from legalized weed than from tobacco and alcohol combined in March of 2022. State data shows. Tax deposits to the state's general fund for medical and recreational cannabis sales reached nearly $6.3 million in March, compared to $1.7 million from tobacco and $3.7 million from alcohol sales. That's insane. Beyond that, $6.3 million in marijuana tax dollars for the general fund. Marijuana excise taxes, 
separately exceeded another $11.9 million last month for a total of $18. million in total revenue, most of which goes to the state, with smaller portions being distributed to cities and counties. In 2021, Arizonans spent over $1.4 billion on marijuana at state-licensed dispensaries, and the state received $105 million from the cannabis excise tax. Go weed! It's a good thing. I hope it's going because have you been out front and looked at my road out there? All the seeds are taking. You can. And we are back. We're live once again. You're listening to Weed Day Wednesday, the show that always cuts out. Even though we pay our bills, sitting right by the network, right by the Wi-Fi, right by the door, my, I think I'm just going to learn how to climb a telephone pole and just sit up there, roasting my own shoes. Oh boy! All right. Okay. Let's see. Um. There's a pre-roll company in the U.S. that's coming to Arizona. Let's see what it is. Pre-roll Arizona. Uh, the number one pre-roll company in the U.S. is coming to Arizona. What's that pre-roll company? Jeter. The best-selling pre-roll cannabis brand in the U.S. Announced its launch in two markets this spring. April 1st, Jeter began offering its popular infused pre-rolls at Nirvana Centers throughout Arizona. Infused, huh? I wonder what the infused is. Find out. And they'll expand to additional dispensaries throughout the month. Uh, <clears throat> and cannabis connoisseurs in Michigan will be afforded the opportunity to experience Jeter as soon as May. Since launching in 2018, Jeter has built a brand that's as synonymous with the quality of its offerings as it is with its overall vibe and culture. The product, the experience, and the team are at the crux of Jeter's success, and the company takes great pride in that process from start to finish. To support the demand for the three-plus million pre-rolls packaged and consumed in California each month, what? Holy cow. Uh, as well as its other products and new apparel lines, Jeter has over 1,000 employees with 600 of those team members employed at its Desert Hot Springs facility where each pre-roll is rolled by hand. With the expansion into Arizona and Michigan this spring, the Jeter team will continue to grow, adding upwards of 300 new employees in each of the new markets before the year's end. Quote, since launching the response to our products, our brand has been incredible. And as we level up our operational capabilities and expand the products we bring to market, we are thrilled to provide the Jeter experience to more people across the country, said Jeter co-founder and co-CEO Sebastian Solano. Not only are we hyped about connecting in person and affording the community the opportunity to all of our offerings, but we are also most proud of what this means in terms of expanding our family by bringing on hundreds of new teammates. Jeter was founded by a group of childhood friends who took hold in the festival space. Prior to Jeter, the group founded Life in Color, the immensely popular EDM festival paint party that took performers into Zed, Ziplo, Major Labor, Steve, Ielke, and more than 45 countries putting on amazing, comical shows. 
the new cannabis market feels like we landed on the moon. Feels like a full 360 circle as Michigan and Arizona were some of our favorite markets when we did festivals at younger days. This one comes with a lot more challenges, but as an entrepreneur, this is what wakes you up in the morning, truly excited to bring our culture, product, and lifestyle events to these new markets, said G, your co-founder and co-CEO, Lucas Trace. Oh, that Jeter? All right. Can we get some Jeter pre, uh, CBD pre-roll? Infused. That one looks seriously infused. That would kill you. You would die if you get the Jeter. Yeah. Let's go, let's go find the shit. Oh, Lord. Hey, we can do um, actual product reviews for weeks. All right, kids, start sending us your weeks from Arizona. We can take it. Oh, the Jeter. Jeez. Oh, wow. That's the baby brother. The baby Jeter. That would kill you as well. Yeah, you, you would die. Even if you have a micro Jeter. In just a few years, Cedar has attracted a critical mass of loyal fans and cannabis connoisseurs throughout California in part for its high-quality products. Get it? Oh, no. That wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, as well as the culturally relevant and stylish packaging. Leveraging the founder's background in high-energy live events, Cedar's boutique drops are often events in and of themselves, creating over-the-top buzz, long lines at the dispensaries, and selling out in minutes. Attracting the best in-class artists, musicians, and athletes as fans, Jeter most recently collaborated with NBA legend Dwayne Wade and NFL great Ricky Williams on exclusive drops. For more information about Jeter, its cannabis offerings, apparel lines, events, visit www.jeter.com or follow on Instagram uh, to learn more about where Jeter is available currently in Arizona, visit jeter.com slash Arizona. I think we're going to do that. We're also going to do this. Puff, 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 I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a hunting, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Walk into my house, like what up, I got some good pot. I'm just pumped up, got some herb from the pot shop. Ice in my fridge, it used to be frosty My friend's like, damn, that's a stoned-ass donkey Rolling in hella high, looking like a steeper time Dominating all my friends as I eat some chili fries Draped in a snuggie with my girl sitting next to me Probably shouldn't have had a big gulp full of ice tea But shit, it was 99 cents I'll be blazing and smoking it About to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop Cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys Yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa Can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's And then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs will be like, aw, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed 
only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm my hunt, looking for a pot shop. This is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop. This is fucking awesome. Listen, the war on drugs. It's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Listen, the war on weed. The people have agreed. Labeled as indica, sativa, or hybrid 
did not provide a positive or negative effect in combating fatigue. However, participants who smoked joints felt fatigue re uh, relief more than those who chose to consume via pipe or vaporizers. Well, that's interesting. negative side effects described as, are we still on? No. Described as lack of motivation or couch lock, uh, while 37% felt more positive effects such as feeling active, energetic, frisky, or productive. The findings suggest that the majority of patients experienced decreased fatigue from consumption of cannabis flour consumed in vivo. Also, uh, although the magnitude of the effect and extent of side effects experienced likely vary with individuals' me uh, metabolic states and the synergistic chemotypic properties of the plant. Excuse me. In an interview with Benzinga research author Dr. Jacob Miguel Vigil described that the results of this study were quite the opposite of the pre-existing stigma still exists in relation to cannabis. Quote, despite the conventional belief that frequent cannabis use may result in decreased behavioral activity, goal pursuit, and competitiveness, or what academics have called a motivational syndrome, people tend to actually experience an immediate boost in their energy levels immediately after consuming cannabis, Vigil said. Both Vigil and Dr. Sarah Stiff from UNM's Department of Economics were surprised that cannabis decreased fatigue in so many participants. Quote, one of the most surprising outcomes of this study is that cannabis in general yielded improvements in symptoms of fatigue rather than just a subset of products such as those with higher THC or CBD levels or products characterized as sativa rather than indica, this said. Quote, at, that, at, the time, at the same time, our observation that the major cannabinoid uh, THC and CBD were largely uncorrelated with changes in feelings of fatigue suggested that other minor cannabinoids and phytochemicals such as terpenes may be more influential on the effects of using cannabis from uh, than previously believed, said Vigil. Quote, in the near future, I anticipate that patients will have the opportunity to access more individualized cannabis products with distinct and known combinations of chemical profile for treating their specific health needs lifestyles. Quote, more Better's Relief app used in the study was designed uh, with helping medical patients and recreational consumers track their consumption data and, in essence, demystify cannabis. More Better's COO, Tyler Dotrick, provided a statement to Benzinga about the study results. Quote, this obviously has implications for patients experiencing fatigue as a symptom of their medical condition. But we also believe that this can lead to healthier options for individuals dealing with general day-to-day -day fatigue, Dr. said. The relation of decreased fatigue and cannabis consumption is a relatively new study topic, but the analysis of cannabis use and exercise has recently become a popular topic. Last summer, the banning of Olympic runner uh, Shikari Richardson for a failed drug test prompted numerous uh, discussions and studies analyzing how cannabis is not a performance-enhancing <laughs> drug. In December, the University of Colorado Boulder announced that it would be conducting a, quote, first-of-its-kind, quote, study on cannabis and exercise with 50 paid volunteers. The study will have participants consume either a CBD-dominant or THC-dominant strain and, when the effects wear off, run on a treadmill for 40 minutes. 
yeah, why would you have them consume these things and then wait until the effects wore off? And how do you know when the effects are wearing off? You know what I mean? Like cannabis is still in your system. So how are they counting? Like, do they look at you and they're like, dude, you're high. When the effects wear off. That's a good one. I like that one. So interesting. Um, <clears throat> but what I liked about this article, well, actually this one point that says, in the near future, I anticipate that patients will have the opportunity to access more individualized cannabis products with distinct and known combinations of chemical profiles for treating their specific health needs and lifestyles. That's stuff happening right now. There's all sorts of studies out there, you know, about people with arthritis and dementia and what strains are better for them and what, even more than what strains, what chemical profiles. You know, what cannabinoids and what terpenes are in there and which ones help which. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's exciting because that's going to really help um, folks. Because right now it's just a guessing game with everybody. They come in and they're like, well, what do we get? And like, Bleh. you know, it's, it's very individualized. Um, pretty much, you know, depends on the, the, the form you want it in. If you want capsules or gummy bears. A lot of people like gummy bears. A lot of adults like gummy bears. A lot. They're fun. They're convenient. Too much. They're good. And I think it's probably a, a quicker effect than taking a capsule, chewing up a gummy bear. It gets in the salivary glands in your mouth. So um, at any rate, probably gets in your system a little bit quicker. But if you are wondering where you can get your medical marijuana card, come down to Tumble Beach Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come get certified six days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 to 6 p.m., Saturday, 7 to 3 p.m. And if you're wondering what conditions qualify you for a medical card, that would be PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, which covers a whole host of conditions, severe nausea, all the seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease, vaccine or wasting syndrome, um, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. You're eligible for a medical cannabis card if you suffer from a chronic or debilitating disease or a medical condition or just a treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes any of the above conditions and more. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification, health, and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Also, you can email. You're on your old phone, thctucson at gmail.com. You can fill out the form on tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. Here's a form at the bottom. And um, did you know that cannabis is now America's fifth most profitable crop? Wow. 
with recreational pot now legal in 18 states. <laughs> Cannabis is a bona fide profitable cash crop. In November, Leafly Holdings Inc. released its first ever cannabis harvest report that examined farm licenses and production in the 11 states that have legal adult use stores open and operating. Cannabis is medically legal in 37 states, but for purposes of this report, we focus on operating adult use states, the 11 um, states where any adult can walk into a licensed store and buy cannabis for salience to the general public. The report's authors wrote, quote, in those 11 adult use states, cannabis supports 13,042 licensed farms that harvested 2,278 metric tons of marijuana last year. That amount would fill five 57 Olympic swimming pools or over 11,000 dump trucks stretching for 36 miles. And it's returning $6,175,000,000 to American farmers every year. A figure of a little more than $6 billion ranks cannabis as the fifth most valuable crop in the United States, trailing corn at $61 billion, soybeans at $46 billion, hay at $17.3 billion, and wheat at $9.3 billion, but outpacing cotton at $4.7 billion, rice at $3.1 billion, and peanuts at $1.3 billion. Well, that's not peanuts. Dang. Dang, Junior. The report said that in five of the states where adult use cannabis sales are legal, Alaska, Colorado, Massachusetts, Nevada, and Oregon, cannabis is actually the most valuable crop. Quote, in each of the 11 states with adult use retail stores operating, cannabis ranks no lower than fifth in terms of agricultural crop value, often within two years of the first store's opening. In Alaska, the cannabis crop is worth more than twice as much as all other agricultural products combined, the report authors wrote. Totally. The goal of the harvest report, Leafly said, was to, quote, quantify annual cannabis production in operational adult use states, just like the USDA's Economic Research Service does for all non-cannabis crops. The U.S., quote, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, tracks annual yields, prices, and estimated values for nearly every commercial crop grown in America. But the USDA does not track legal cannabis due to the plant's status as a Schedule One drug, the authors wrote. That's just weird because in legal adult use states, cannabis is consistently one of the highest value crops in the field. But we also believe it's time to end the stigma attached to cannabis pharmacy. Far too many state agricultural agencies and policymakers still treat cannabis growers with contempt. Can you hear me? Anybody in the world? Yeah, you're talking to Okay, well, I need you out here. Oh, I'm back. I think I'm back. I should be back. Will you grab the sound effects so we can laugh at ourselves? <laughs> all right, we're back. Oh, Lord. This program, where, all right, well, it's probably not even a program now, so much as it is a, a stupid internet, but I'm sitting right by it, so. Right. Yeah. Oh, here comes the little kitty bus. All right. Hi, kids. Stop for your lead lesson. 
Anything you want to know about that? Who knows what a turkey it is? Come on. There's the bus, folks. I'm sorry, but this is just the way it is. Oh, my Lord. Hi, school bus. Hello, future cannabis growers in America. We also believe it's time to end the stigma attached to cannabis farming. Far too many state agricultural agencies and policymakers still treat cannabis growers with contempt. Some right-to-farm laws specifically exclude cannabis farming. Most cannabis farmers must, by law, hide their crops in public view, as if the mere sight of a fan leaf might induce intoxication. <laughs> These unfair and unnecessary measures are taken against a legal crop that's one of the top agricultural products in every adult youth state. Cannabis farmers are farmers, period. Oh, that's good. The report's findings echo a study released last month that research, <coughs> which came via the Marijuana Policy Project, found that 11 states with licensed adult-use cannabis retailers gener- generated more than $3.7 billion in 2021. Uh, that figure amounted to a revenue increase of 34% from recreational cannabis in those states compared with 2020. Quote, the legalization and regulation of cannabis for adults has generated billions of dollars in tax revenue, funded important services and programs at the state level, created thousands of jobs across the country. Meanwhile, the states that lag behind continue to waste government resources on enforcing archaic cannabis laws that harm far too many Americans, said Toy Hutchison, the president and CEO of Marijuana Policy Project, who added that the findings serve as, quote, further evidence that ending cannabis prohibition offers tremendous financial benefits for government. But everybody should be able to have a cannabis business if that's what they want to do. Bullshit if you can't. Everybody should be able to go, too. All right. Culture. What's going on in culture? We are checking out um, High Times Magazine. But you might all all want to check out the Goodly 6224 East Bay Boulevard right by Bookman. Uh, check it out. It's a beautiful place. Go say hi to Kathy or Michael. will be in there to, to help you with all your CBD needs. Um, all right. So let's see. Um, let's see. Go. Let's get back to some news here. Oh, so what else is going on in the state of, of cannabis? What's happening in our world? What are we doing? What's coming up? We're going to be at Pride this year. That's October. We won't give give her name out because that's just yeah. Good. All right. So anyway, um, let's see here. UK government comes first. Oh, UK government becomes part owner in a CBD firm. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here's the fascinating, frustrating thing about UK cannabis reform. It's not like the government hasn't seen the potential for years. Indeed, Prime Minister. Theresa May's husband was the major shareholder in GW Pharmaceuticals before it was bought out. However, for reasons deliberate and not so, the British government is becoming more invested in medical cannabis. In the case of Grass & Co., a CBD manufacturer, the UK government became a part owner after its emergency startup COVID loan converted into shares. 
The Future Fund was set up during the depths of the COVID pandemic to provide convertible loans to 1,190 companies. 335 of those companies have been unable to pay back the funds, so the investments made in them has converted into equity. The entire British conundrum over cannabis has lurched forward in strange ways. In 2018, the government allowed cannabis to be dispensed by prescription. The only problem is that most patients could not access the drug as it was not reimbursed uh, by the National Health Service. So today, most patients in the UK obtain their cannabis from either private clinics or via Project 21, a nonprofit study which has enrolled approximately 20,000 patients. Beyond this, the government has also, so far at least, explicitly refused to consider patients who suffer from chronic pain. About one in three adults in the UK suffers from this condition. Earlier this year, the government finally allowed CBD products to go on sale, but not without setbacks. The application process was so fraught with setbacks that the application and approval process had been extended. There are now 3,500 products on the market, about, and that's expected to increase. The UK, in other words, has not really seen real uh, medical reform. In the meantime, for the most part, the entire topic of recreational cannabis is mostly off the agenda. If, refill, if real reform that includes THC has been a political third rail in national British politics, there are signs that uh, the topic is gaining traction in fits and starts. First is that no matter what the delay, there is increasing interest in the treatment of chronic pain with cannabinoids. A prominent Harley Street clinic has tried and so far failed to launch a 5,000-person trial to study the impact. Beyond this, reform is clearly moving on islands around the UK, both Channel Islands of Jersey and Guernsey. <laughs> and Jersey and Guernsey are moving forward with plans to cultivate high GHC cannabis. Beyond this, ground has been broken on the Isle of Man, just south of the southern coast of the UK, for a large cultivation facility. The Isle of Man? <laughs> the Isle of Man? <laughs> Hashtag the Isle of Woman. <laughs> the only place in the UK where recreational cannabis has been taken seriously so far is Jersey, where Legislators are openly talking about moving forward. My neighbor, part of the problem in the UK right now, though, is that there are just so many other large and looming issues. Brexit actually created the first delay here. Patients who had just months before suddenly been given the right to obtain cannabis by prescription suddenly faced an interruption in supply from continental Europe. Then there was an intercession by the British government, which denied chronic pain patients the right to be considered for cannabis treatment. Beyond this, both the pandemic and, of course, the war in Ukraine have created economic and political disruption, and that is before the many scandals currently afoot in Whitehall. Tragically, it is the British people who suffer from every delay. However, it is clear that the British cannot step, uh, sidestep the issue, and there are signs that the entire discussion is moving ahead, albeit painfully through. It is slow but at least it's happening, and that's a good thing. You know what else is happening? Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Coming live to in the great state of Arizona. This is the neighbors. Over here on your left, 
No, no, not over here in your left. Is it It's a petting zoo. There are cows at the state fair. She killed it at the fair. Killed it. Big prizes, big prizes, big ones. Huh. And basketballs, and little ones. <laughs> oh, the fair. All right, well, folks, before we cut out again, let's see here. Where are we? Can you hear me now? Oh, you're not even going to be able to hear this because it's in the house. Can you hear it? Barely, huh? Yeah, not so much. Here, I'll turn it up. There, it's as loud as I can go. Thanks for tuning in to Wednesday, Wednesday, everybody. We appreciate you being here. We're sorry the sound sucks. We're going to be moving to a new platform soon. I say that every week. See what you think about that. We need your help. Where are you? We need some of your magic. Yeah, that too. Um, let's see. Next week, we do have a guest on. If I can get to it, I can tell you who it is. But in the meantime, always remember to be smart, be safe and educate and oh maybe it's not maybe it's not oh maybe i i know we have a guest coming up at any rate there's a guest coming up have an awesome weekend Wednesday, folks and we'll chat you up next week whoop, whoop. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.